Welcome to Cold Pizza. My name is Rusty. I'm a pastor here at Christ the Lord Church in Dayton, Ohio. This is our weekly podcast where we take the opportunity to squeeze out every last bit we can from the proclamation of God's Word on Sunday. It's our chance to sit down with the preacher and tackle any further questions, applications, or other bits of leftover crust to chew on that didn't make it into the main meal. So, grab a slice and join us this week with Pastor Matt. What's up? What's up? This week's sermon was titled, Faith Can See the World as God Sees It, from Hebrews 11, 27 through 29. Uh, that is a long title. It's a long title. But it is on point. <laughs> <laughs> I, this, this sermon, uh, I've enjoyed this whole series. It's been really refreshing for whatever reason. I don't Not that I don't normally like our stuff. <laughs> you know? uh, it's just... It's very compelling. I, I mean, I, I guess is, is what mm-hmm. it is. As we move through that ambiguity of what faith is or is not, um, and into living life the way that God has designed for us to do. Yeah. You know, I, and I, I think generally I'm also encouraged, and I'm like, yeah, man, that, that's that's what I do. Like, it's mm-hmm. just encouraging. And and a, a week like this to see, hey, can you see the world as God sees it? It's just completely different it was like a <laughs> i'm gonna pull out my weird movie reference it's like a willy wonka moment with uh the pure imagination like a world of pure imagination can you see mm-hmm. the way like as he's talking about a child sees life yeah here well, we get to see as god does from his perspective i wonder if we just step up and look at just at least the big storyline of of ctl over the past like two or three years <clears throat> and we got to a point where like we as elders, me particularly as the primary preaching elder, get into First Peter, and we're like, "There's an infection that's got to get out." And really, the elders just strongly just had to preach towards error against it and walk by faith and just model it. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> then we went to Joshua and talked about kind of from a from an Old Testament just showing uh, how Joshua walked by faith mm-hmm. and the characters there. But it was more like um, it's time to move forward, Yeah. right? So it's time for us to take the next step, take the land, you know, that kind of thing coming out of First Peter, like, hey, we have a right to be here. This is ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is our inheritance. This is what God has given to us who are faithfully walking according to his scriptures, not to those... Um, those others who um, have walked in error. And and then now, uh, now post-Joshua, we're looking at it going, okay, so what happened in all of that, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We, we were walking by faith mm-hmm. and, and striving to walk by faith. And so now I think part of why this is refreshing, at least if I could guess for you, I know it is for me, is because that's what's happened. Yeah. But now we're saying, ah, mm-hmm. all right, Joshua, when he did this step, here's why. Ah, back there when that moment was hard, but we conquered, mm-hmm. this is why. And we're here now, and we're experiencing all these blessings, and this is why. Mm-hmm. And we went through that hardship, but we endured, and this is why. And I think those those yeah. synapses are just connecting in our head, whether we recognize it or not. Oh, sure. Even in some of those instances with uh, Joshua dealing with people, and you're like, "Whoa, man, I don't know that if I would be that that blunt or that harsh." Or, 
Like, he's not acting like there's people there at all. It's like, yeah, he's he's dealing with what God said, and he's just going to do that. Mm-hmm. That's what you're you're after this week, you know. So your main points this week were all building off of this preamble that faith sees that. So faith sees that behind the anger of a pagan was the promises of the king. Faith sees that the helpless animal protects against the holy wrath of God. And faith sees that the same water that saved Israel destroyed the Egyptians. So with this uh, literally infinite fit view of God in his eyes, uh, you had this quote from Calvin that to me is the most uh, applicational and really like a, a summary of, of what we would want for our people when we think about being shepherds of these sheep. Like this is this is what I want. You have it, it says, Moses so endured as though he was taken up to heaven and had God only before his eyes and as though he had nothing to do with men, was not exposed to the perils of this world and had no contest with Pharaoh. When beset by terrors on every side, Moses turned all his thoughts to God. This picture of Moses standing before Pharaoh, but not really. It's just it's as if all of it, you know, washes away in that like dream mm-hmm. sequence. And it's just him and God, and he's just going to do what God says. Mm-hmm. And that's how he goes about life. He happens to come across other people, but it's just him and God. Yeah. I, that is yeah. so powerful. But two weeks ago, or yeah, two Sundays ago, uh, you know, I used the phrase, I, was, I forget who I was quoting, but uh, that he becomes your greatest asset. Yeah. And then kind of the way I've, it's a little bit of a different nuance, but the way I've been communicating that has been he is the overwhelming factor or the overwhelming reality mm-hmm. in the moment. And that is what drives you. Sure. You know, I mean, if, if people have, you've sat uh, just, maybe it doesn't happen every time, but circumstances and the stars align and you're watching a, uh, a beautiful sunset, you know, over the over the top of a gorgeous mountain or sitting on your porch or something. And, and you, you sense that moment where you're just overwhelmed, mm-hmm. like overwhelmed with gratitude or the beauty or joy. Yeah. Like that's what I'm trying to communicate. Mm-hmm. That That's what Calvin is saying. He, Moses so endured as though he was taken up to heaven, mm-hmm. as though he was so overwhelmed in every moment by God that the fact that, Pharaoh was angry, had no driving factor in Moses's inner man, outer man, his whole being. Yeah. Yeah. Practically for me, when I think about then how then would I live? So I'm, I'm, you know, caught up in this heaven picture, but then when I go to like live life in that, it's like this idea of like playing chess and you've got all your guys on your side and on the other side, it's just the king. It's, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's as if, you're just going to respond like I'm going that way. Boom. I'm chasing that. It doesn't matter what's going to get in the way. It'll be handled. We'll take care of it. I know where I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the, uh, that's, we're going to strive to get there. I mean, it's hard. It's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was faced again today with a moment of being reminded that slander hurts. Mm-hmm. Meaning, as it, particularly in this case, as it is perpetuated, yeah. then you have other bystanders who are not even remotely a part of anything mm-hmm. uh, hear things that are sinful, that, uh, I mean, are sinfully spoken and, and lies and falsehoods. And in that moment, the, it's a real test of my, of my own faith of, 
am I so taken up with God that that's all that matters to me right now? Mm. And, you know, it took me a few minutes to get there, but um, thankfully just a few short minutes. But, but like, all right, Lord, you know what this person has said? You know, it's not true. It, 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 it doesn't matter. Mm. This is this is where I'm at with the Lord. And, and to be so overwhelmed with him that it, that that knowledge or that information doesn't drive Mm -hmm. me uh on the flip side a positive situation you know like you know yesterday i'd received some news of um just uh something that was really really encouraging Uh, and i wish i could share it but just as this isn't the context but um just really encouraging and in that moment the question is are you still going to be overwhelmed by god i mean cuz mm-hmm. that should be the case whether it's a positive or a negative whether yeah. you're conquering or suffering as we're going to see this coming week sure right you have this list of those who conquered mm-hmm. and this list of those who were physically conquered themselves mm-hmm. <laughs> they suffered they were beaten they were made to eat um swine parts mm-hmm. um like <clears throat> so in this moment, though, what does it look like to be overwhelmed by God? Well, it's be overwhelmed again with gratitude and mm-hmm. thankfulness. And yeah. wow, this is and and, and attributing mm-hmm. that good thing unto the Lord as well. Yeah. Um, instead of patting ourselves on the back or just being thankful circumstances are rolling out the way we want them to roll or mm-hmm. or being overwhelmed by vindication, like I think in this situation. Sure. Um, even though those are those are reality, those are factors. But they shouldn't be the overwhelming or the greatest asset in the moment. Yeah, I love that because at the end, yeah, when beset by terrors on every side, <clears throat> Moses just turned all his thoughts. That's what you're describing, taking that moment to turn your thoughts to God. Mm-hmm. That That's the hard work of worship. Well, and then the thing is, practically speaking, then after that, then you can say, God, how how would you have me think about this? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, we don't ever, we, like, we don't get to that because we're too busy thinking about what we think about it. Yeah. Or we're too busy thinking about what other people think about it. Mm-hmm. Instead of turning our thoughts to God and saying, God, how would you have me think about this? That's what I appreciate about, about Doug Wilson. He's like, he, he, he lays out all these good questions, questions that the other side has, questions you have. And then he goes, yeah, but what does the Bible have to say about this? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah, there's oh, that. There's that, uh, which seems to be, uh, funny, you know, quite the, you missing, ask. <laughs> quite the missing thing. Well, depending on who you talk to, we are or are not allowed to use that. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Oh, man. So two other quotes came along that I kind of wanted to use to set up, I guess, the rest of our time. Uh, you have the Spurgeon one then that I think outlines what we struggle with in the church and just outside on the margin. He says, faith can do what unbelief must not attempt to do. And when unbelief tries to follow in the footsteps of faith, it becomes its own destroyer. Mm-hmm. You must have real faith in God, or you cannot go where faith would take you. But with faith, you may go through the cloud or through the sea and find yourself safe on the other side. Now, now before you jump into that too far, uh, you must have went and looked up that quote by Spurgeon, because I only uh, used half of that quote. Yeah, I, I pulled this from your notes. <laughs> you pulled it from my notes? Yeah. So you pulled it from my Thursday notes. Ah. On Monday, I cut that quote in half. Sunday. Um, I'm sorry, Sunday. So Thursday, you got my notes. On Sunday, when I did my final edit before mm-hmm. preaching, I cut that first section, which I think is is just stellar. Yeah. Um, but it would have taken me more setup and explanation than I wanted to in the oh. moment. <laughs> so faith can do 
what unbelief uh, must not attempt to do. And when unbelief tries to follow in the footsteps of faith, it becomes its own destroyer. That's the part I... Yeah, that's, that's It's huge. hot, <laughs> but it would have taken me another 10, 15 minutes to explain that. <laughs> Usually when I'm taking notes, I'm, I, I use my phone because I use Notion, uh, at least this season of my life. But I put in... When there's a quote, I just put in who it was and like the primary word so I can go find it yeah. later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had it all in my notes. I have that privilege. <laughs> Not everybody has your notes. So, <laughs> so it, for this moment, let's just look at that second one. You must have real faith in God or you cannot go where faith would take you. Mm-hmm. But with faith, you may go through the cloud or through the sea and find yourself safe on the other side. And and it's important is, is you got to take that into the context of the very next couple verses mm-hmm. where he talks about those who suffered and those yeah. who were killed and um, even in the midst of those who conquered, like Daniel mm-hmm. and the lion's den, or uh, the the three amigos, or and uh, Rock, know, and, and David, and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, now we can spend a moment on that. Faith can do what unbelief must not rep, uh, attempt to do, and when unbelief tries to follow in the footsteps of faith, it becomes its own destroyer. Yeah. So, what is he saying there? What do you think? So, when I see that, that is what I see, at least in my YouTube circles and what's going on in the culture of these people that have red pilled. And what's red pilled, Russ? I I don't like describing these things. (laughs) You're not going back into the Matrix. (laughs) What's the Matrix, Russ? A a fantastic movie with Keanu Reeves that you should watch many times. you don't want to go back into the system and pretend that ignorance is bliss uh, like Cypher did and say, now I, I know that this isn't a real steak, but whatever programming you have is telling me that this is the most delicious thing ever. Right? So red pill, that's the way I've described it. Red pill is like being woke to all the woke, woke stuff. Woke to woke, yeah. <laughs> you're on You're on to, this, on to the game. And, but particularly, uh, you're awake to feminism. I mean, that's, that's usually that's what kind it, of the gist. Well, I don't think they realize that that's what's driving it, but yeah. So you're, you're aware of that. You've red-pilled, and then so you've got these people who then start to co-opt a lot of Christian stuff because it's – it's ineffable truth. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. It, this is the it's character. It's transcendent. It's transcendent, ineffable truth. This is the God of the universe bringing the, his character to us in a way that we can understand. So they start to co-opt and take these things, uh, even beyond like stoicism and whatnot, and, and try to implement them in their life, but then they find that they have not the power that they thought they would get. Mm-hmm. And that's because these things are done by faith. It's the same kind of aspect where when we talk about uh, philosophy and Christian uh, Christianity. Uh, Christianity is an and is is in a sense f- philosophical, but it's not only philosophy. Otherwise, anybody could adopt it and it would work, mm-hmm. right? It, it is something that is done by faith in the power of Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's what makes it come alive. That's what it means to be a little Christ, mm-hmm. a Christian. So this this particular quote, then you find people who then try to do these things but from unbelief it actually ends up not only not working but making it worse yeah destroyer mm-hmm. because you still then have the sense of you are god yes and that's where you find your end yeah i think um you know getting on to the next quote which we'll read in a second but the john owen quote about those who rage against the church mm-hmm. and are its enemies 
I think coupling that thought that you just said with this with that reality, um, we have to consider that in our day, um, which is not just unique to our day. I mean, this has been for a couple thousand years now, maybe more like eighteen, nineteen hundred, or so on and so forth. Um, and that is the challenge of figuring out who the actual Egyptians are. Sure, right? Because. Um, I mean, there is some clear lines who were like, oh, yeah, clearly that's a pagan. I mean, clearly that's an Egyptian. Yeah. I mean, they're they're down doing gay affirming stuff. I mean, it, clearly that person is not following Jesus. Like mm-hmm. they, they are going to hell like the Egyptians. OK. Um, but what about the people that are maybe 10 steps this direction? Mm-hmm. Um, are they just misguided Christians or are they... Are they Egyptians themselves? All right, so you, where this particularly looks like is, so you as a Christian are walking faithfully. So let's assume that that's true for the moment, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> then you've got this, this supposed Christian who's attacking you. Well, I mean, is that person a Christian? Are they actually a brother? Or are they an Egyptian? Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that gets hard, but learning how to discern that is going to be crucial for the church, particularly in the days ahead. Yeah. So to then take the Spurgeon quote and apply that to the situation, I think one of the things we have to look at is, is their life a life of unbelief or a life of faith? Yeah. Because if it's a life of, of unbelief, then it will be, its own destroyer. Mm-hmm. And if they have a life of, do I be powerless? It'll be powerless. Okay. Well, so, so then you, do you just look at that person and say, well, they have some successes and you know, they've got lots of kids and okay, well they must be walking by faith. Well, I don't think that you can answer that. No, the question. Psalms would, would not help you answer that. No. The question is someone who lives by faith is someone who walks according to God's word. Mm-hmm. So then you have to ask the question, is that person walking according to God's word? That's someone who's living by faith, who is not living by unbelief and therefore becoming its own destroyer. That's mm-hmm. someone who's actually, truly a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, they might have pieces that look like they're following God's word, and, and on the surface they are. But the question is, is, is the totality of their being, are they walking in belief of God's word. And so, you know, when when I look at some of those who have attacked me, uh, particularly having more uh, close relationships with them in seasons, mm-hmm. can show people where they're not walking by belief, mm-hmm. they're, where they're walking in unbelief. Yep. Um, or where they're holding on to bitterness, as, as an example of that. Mm-hmm. Or they're, um, you know, uh, spreading falseness, falsehoods, mm-hmm. and slander. Well, that's someone that's not walking. And those are literally, and quite like chapter verse, the acts of unbelief. Yes. <laughs> yes. The flesh. So, so that's where it, this is not a matter of just one one christian brother to another christian brother it's a matter of an egyptian mm-hmm. and a child of abraham yep and so i think for us as christians we're gonna have to like 
really figure out what that looks like. So, um, because the days ahead are going to be very like that. It's mm. going to become harder and harder to be a run-of-the-mill Christian. Mm. It just is. Mm. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I say I feel like it's blurry now, but it's separating so quickly that it will become more obvious. But your last point of a run-of-the-mill Christian, that, that typical evangelical that you know even I was raised up to be, yeah, it's going to be hard for them to to tread water. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the so in the culture, if you've got like you know super liberal progressive people, and then you got the the conservative. Um, you know, traditional, fundamental mm. Christians on this side, and then you got the squishy middle. Mm. Well, and you can put a, and I mean like the Christian squishy middle. Now, if you shrink that to the to just the uh, the squishy Christians, which are on the more left side of the Christian spectrum, with with the more faithful, fundamental Christians on the on the right side, mm-hmm. those run-of-the-mill squishy ones in between on just the Christian spectrum is what's increasingly disappearing right now. Mm-hmm. That's going away fast. Mm-hmm. And what is what is sweeping away most of them quickest is a sexual revolution. Yeah, so... So uh, like Andy Stanley, like he's gone. Like yeah. that, That's a person I would have put in the squishy middle. So let me let me ask you this question, because I got this from, from two... Uh, they probably describe themselves as believers, but not faithful Christians lately. They want that classical to be that classical evangelical, and it's along these lines. Like, I want to keep politics out of the church, out of the, out of my Christian, which stuff. is stupid. So, explain why we can't do that. Because Jesus is Lord of all. Of all. I mean, it's just it's just that simple. Because you it cannot say everything. you cannot say I want to keep my Christianity out of anything. Mm-hmm. You can't say I want to cook, keep it out of my cooking. I want to keep it out of my parenting. I want to keep it out of my politics. I want to keep it out of the public school. I want to keep it out of education. I want to keep it. You cannot say that out of anything. Mm-hmm. There is no Jesus, not a part of anything. Yeah, I mean, it's just basic fundamental creationism Mm -hmm. he created it all he owns it all he's lord over it all he's redeeming it it's his Mm -hmm. you just can't yeah i mean that 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 is a person who is walking in unbelief but looks like a christian and will become its own destroyer is yep i just i want people to see why we're tackling these apparently hot well they're 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 hot because of what they are but they seem to be or are claimed by the political realm quote unquote they're not it never left our realm no (laughs) because the reason i went ahead through this and now as you're talking about the sexual revolution being kind of a a a tipping point for a lot of that but what you're saying is that it was a tipping point as far as like acceleration but this has always been in our realm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they can't claim it for theirs. Yeah, you know, two or three months ago, we were accused of being Christian nationalists, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, we were. Yes, yes. Funny story for another day, maybe. Um, Save it, that one for the king's table. <laughs> that's, that's right. So the question is: Is should Jesus be Lord over everything, including our nation? Wait, he is. Okay. Already. 
<laughs> oh, don't tell, don't tell anybody, Russ. Shh. It's our best kept. Should, should the nation be ruled by God's laws? Like that, should every nation in the entire world be ruled by God's expectations? Mm-hmm. And here's the deal. I don't care what the label is, throw the label out, whatever, Christian, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. If you do not believe that God's standards should be held by all of creation, then you are not a Christian. Mm -hmm. You you have co-opted the Christian faith. We'll give you your Egyptian headdress. Yeah, exactly. And you can go drown in the sea. Mm -hmm. You're not a Christian. Jesus said, go teach all the nations to obey all that I've commanded. I thought he and just I've said, given you go love God and love people. Yeah, and just help a couple people here and there, mm-hmm. right? And the government can do their own thing. Love God, love people. Yeah. Right, that, you just, you're not, so I, I don't care whether or not you want the label. With, and, with some authority, right? <laughs> That's right. All authority. All authority. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I, you understand, when Jesus is with Pilate, <laughs> Pilate, he is reminding Pilate mm-hmm. that it is his father's authority that has given him the authority to do what he's about to do. Yep. Right? And he's what's he he's reminding Pilate that uh that he will answer mm-hmm. for this. What's he saying? He's he's also reminding Pilate by implication in that moment that there is an expectation that you're not going to meet. Mm-hmm. You're going against the authority. What is truth? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So there you go. So, but, but all those feed my, my points because, you know, if, if you're accused of it being a bad thing that you expect God's expectations to be upheld in every facet of every corner of life, mm-hmm. if you're getting accused from supposed Christian brethren that that's a bad thing, then that person's not a They're an Egyptian. Yes. And in that, so to, then to John Owen's quote here, rightly commenting on the death of the Egyptians in the Red Sea, says, Oh, yeah, we never got to read that. Yeah, yeah, we've been alluding to it. So here we go. When the oppressors of the church are nearest unto their own ruin, they commonly rage most and are most obstinate in their bloody persecutions. Hang on. My kids do this when it's spanking time. What? Rage most? Rage most. <laughs> <laughs> squirm most yeah and start covering their butts and uh-huh. uh, yeah mm-hmm. sorry just <laughs> sounds real similar i become most obstinate i mean th- think about how, how dumb how absolutely asinine of a statement it is to deny the lordship of jesus over absolutely everything mm-hmm. like i just that just blows my mind i've believed that for decades <laughs> it's not novel I didn't believe that just because I discovered who Doug Wilson is. Because <laughs> you can read your Bible. Or Stephen Wolf. Yeah, for real. It's because I can read my Bible. Mm-hmm. Like, that's pretty plain in Genesis. Like, you didn't have to get very far. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm, I'm on a soapbox. I'll keep reading. So it is at this day among the anti-Christian enemies of the church. This destruction of the Egyptians with the deliverance of Israel thereby was a type so meaning an example uh, and pledge, so meaning a promise of the victory and triumph which the church shall have over its anti-Christian adversaries. Mm-hmm. Man, that, it's, yes. So 
again, back to just to rehash this one more time. We've we've got to learn and be. Let me back up. I'm gonna make two statements. We've got to learn how to draw better lines. Mm, yeah. Amen. Right. <laughs> and particularly in the realm of is this an Egyptian or not? Mm-hmm. And then two, I think particularly as men, we have to get past our highly effeminate tendencies to not being willing to draw those lines. Mm-hmm. Meaning we want everyone to be agreeable and everyone to get along and everyone to just play nice and live at peace and and all those things. And we've got to, not just us men, but the ladies too, but I'm saying particularly us men, we've got to be willing to draw those lines and say, you know what, that person's an Egyptian. Mm -hmm. Now now I pray that they become a child of, that that they're a child of Abraham and that Mm -hmm. they get redeemed, but but, but they're an Egyptian. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we've got to understand and trust the Lord that one day they will be swallowed up which then sets us free to pray for them, to provoke them righteously, yeah. to live as godly examples in front of them, to call them to repentance. It, it also frees us up to be joyful in the midst of their raging. Mm-hmm. Like, because we can laugh. I was going to say because, and, and this isn't to soften, but to encourage. Uh, it's not just because they're Egyptians. It's because they are... God's enemies. Yes. God's enemies will be drowned. God's enemies will see justice. God's enemies will not prevail over you. That's right. And you can trust the Lord to that. Do you believe that God has enemies? It's a big question. I I think most people think God desires, you know, to not have any enemies and like, and poor thing. And he's trying to kind of navigate and, and, you know, um, manage expectations and, (laughs) Do the work, God. <laughs> it it, it frees you up. So like, so like, so like here, for example, something Wilson said in, in that podcast I sent you on dealing with enemies of God mm-hmm. is I don't have to address those enemies. They're not communicating in good faith anyways. Mm-hmm. They're sl- if they're slanderers, if they're attacking by way of slandering, they are, by definition, not operating in good faith. Yeah. Right? They're not walking in the Spirit. They're intoxicated by something. They're not walking sober-minded. They're, they're, I don't... Their slander doesn't stick. I, yeah. I don't, I don't need to. I'm not called to. I don't feel an obligation to address it. But if I can say things that will help those who have ears to hear to grow for them to deal with when their boss slanders them, mm-hmm. when their coworker slanders them. And I can use that situation over here of mine of being attacked by an Egyptian to help them understand that. Well, then praise God. Mm-hmm. But I can only do that if I believe that, that God will deal with his enemies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So that that's, where this gets really helpful for us practically, if you're going to live like an actual Christian. Mm-hmm. And again, if you're going to live like an actual Christian, it's going to be harder to be in the squishy middle yeah. in the days ahead. Yep, the sea is coming closer and the army's getting they're, tighter. They're closing in. Mm-hmm. They're closing in. And which which all this kind of, uh, there's kind of one thread through a bunch of our conversation here, but, but one of our members came up to us afterwards and said to me, 
So you forgot out, you, or you left out part of Moses in the story right there at the Red Sea. He's got the Egyptian wall to his back, and he's got the Red Sea to his front, and then he's got all the whiny people in the midst of him. <laughs> he's like, I get more annoyed by them. Yeah. <laughs> I told him I was going to bring that on cold pizza. That's good. I'm like, yeah. yeah. So that's the thing. you got to figure out the mist. Was, has an Egyptian snuck in mm. on you? Uh, or is this just a whiny Christian who needs greater faith? Yeah. You know, that their unbelief is creeping in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't want to be too slow to call someone an Egyptian because if they are, I mean, you, you don't want to be in the sea when they're in the sea because they're getting swallowed up. Yeah. Right? But if it's someone who is a Christian, they just have weak faith, mm-hmm. well, then you don't want to leave them in the sea, mm-hmm. right? You want to grab their hand and say, let's go. Yeah. Um, I mean, you might knock them in the head a couple times on the way out, trying to get them over this unbelief. But the land was dry, but there were still rocks. So <laughs> that's that's right. Yeah, that's a little right. twisted ankle or something. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. I think that's that's really helpful because I mean, and we go back to the first ten chapters of Hebrews, and the life of faith it was rooted in the fact that Jesus is reigning and ruling already. Yes, and that if you have the weak faith, you do the things. Yeah. Do sheepy things. Yep. Yeah. Amen. Well, have eyes to see. Just view it from God's throne because you are joint heirs with the king. You reign and rule with him if you are truly his son. So with that, we want to encourage you guys to go know, love, and obey Jesus as Lord over all. And we will see you next week.